Hi, I am Byron Hazlett, and welcome to the ASD Experience Podcast. Throughout my entire life, I have high-functioning autism, and let's just say that I've been through a lot when it comes to being on the spectrum, from social issues to nonverbal communication to even sensory sensitivity. So now I think this is the appropriate time to talk about my diagnosis, how I overcame my struggles, and how I became the person I am today. I am Byron Hazlett, and this is the ASD Experience. Hi, and what's up? Welcome to the fourth and final episode of the ASD Experience. My name is Byron Hazlett, and I am eager that you're listening to this podcast right now because not only that I will be talking about how I've been maturing and slowly growing off my autism, but I also have a special guest with me today. Although he's not in person with me, but uh, he's on the phone with me right now, and uh, his name is Isaac Brower. So, Isaac, how are you? I'm doing great, Byron. Uh, I'm glad I'm on the show with you today. Yeah, me too. And most of you don't know this, but uh, Isaac and I went to high school together. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. We went there for four years altogether, uh, right? Oh, yeah, because that was at Skyward. Yeah, I remember very well. Yeah. And, like, when we first met, especially with the guys like Nathan and, and John and Alexos and uh, Brandon. Yeah. We were really cool together. But, yeah, so honestly, I'm glad you're here today because uh, I did need a special guest with me anyway. And this may be relevant to talk about, but uh, this is my like my first time using this phone call interview for a podcast. I mean, a lot of people have done this before, but uh, yeah, this is cool. So as I could have done this with the other guests, here's how this will go. I will be talking about how I became a person I am today, but uh, but I will have I, but I will also have Isaac talking about how not just him, but also some autistic people learn how to control themselves and learn how to prove themselves and what and what that's like. So yeah, uh, first things first, before I get to you, Isaac, I'm going to be talking a bit about my story regarding the optimal outcomes. So uh, here it goes. And Isaac, you may not know this. I think I've told you this before, but uh, but you might like it. So it all started when I was a teenager when I was encouraged to try something new, like going to places that I've never been to before or going through changes, especially my routine. Because like I said in the previous episode, a lot of people cannot handle change, even autistic people, and most of them hate that in their routines. And I used to be like that as well. And I remember freaking out over that and that I did not want to do that and that I did not want to go to new places or try new things in general. But my parents would always tell me to go with the flow. And as I've done that, whether I like it or not, they were so right because when you try new things, it's actually healthy for you. And I assume that's actually good for everybody because I remember learning the fact that change is actually good for everybody. But if people don't like it, that's fine because that's just basically part of life. And that's why I basically started doing things like playing the guitar, which I haven't done in a while, but I'm planning to do that more often eventually because, you know, I have a music channel and such. I wanted to become independent, like getting my license and a car, get jobs, and mostly socialize and hang out with the people that I care for, not just my loved ones, but mostly the friends that I got, like you, Isaac, and other people as well, both male, female, like anyone I meet. And that's why we also follow each other on social media, just to connect with each other. And I think it's a really cool thing. And that's also why that I've been trying new things as well. Like, I remember going ziplining with a house group that I used to attend in high school. I played sports a lot, like bowling and tennis, 
sometimes soccer, but I don't really play soccer more. And I remember when we would play basketball and football. I remember when we did the marshmallow baseball, but that's a different story. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically a lot. And I even like to travel. And that's basically because of my dad since he loves to travel, which is why I went to most certain states here in the USA. And I do want to visit some countries as well that are basically cool, like Costa Rica or Canada or Australia, you know, even even if they're far and different, I still think that's relatively cool, you know. And uh, yeah, that's just basically that. I also like listening to the music I've never heard before. That's why I look up certain things. And I also started attending sporting events, concerts, Broadway musicals, parades, and even more things that I like to check out. And I even like to try new foods as well, which I actually have been for a while now. And I think that has changed my life a lot. You know, with me being interested in music, food, traveling, sports, movies, or video games, which is why I've, I've also been in, getting to video games a lot, and all kinds of things. Speaking of trying new things, that's also where my sensitivity started to die down. Like, uh, I don't cover my ears as much anymore. Most of the loud sounds don't scare me as they did when I was a kid. Nothing ever drove me away. Like, anything would no longer drive me away from the sensory that I wanted to experience. And most of the time, I have been. And that's why I've also been riding on roller coasters and more water slides that are basically more thrilling and that have a lot of adrenaline and dealing with heights in general. There's just a lot going on. And I fondly remember making New Year's resolutions with my parents where we would say that uh, we would do this or that and we would try this or that. And I even remember one time when my dad and I were talking about riding bikes and practicing doing that which we did the following year, which that was actually one of my New Year's resolutions. And prior to 2018, I was actually getting ready to go through this optimal outcome that I never knew I was going to go through. And since then, I started to be willing to start to understand things that I misheard or misunderstood or misinterpreted with the help of my brother and my parents along the way. And I think that has been going really good for me. So like ever since I started doing these things, by revisiting the places where I would no longer be sensitive to the sensory or visit new places that I've never been to, it has changed my life. Except for the COVID era where my autism would reassure. I mean, it felt like it did, but I'm not too sure since, you know, we always have it in our lives. But like, it's kind of interesting if you think about it, because when you mature, you're like, okay, so I would rather learn about this or that without even being absent-minded. But if I was, I could just try again. And, you know, I'm not going to use it as an excuse because when you're autistic, not only that you think differently, but you also find ways to practice how to be social or how to comprehend things properly or how to understand things or how to know something or how to realize things, which is why I made one of my songs called You're the Best People One I Never Had, which is one of the earliest songs that I'd made like five years ago where I talk about a little bit about it. Although I did mention about the optimal outcome a little bit, but I never knew what the optimal outcome was until recently. And I mean, I was basically talking to my parents and my teachers about it. And I think it's really cool. And that's also why that I have gone to college already, just to get a higher education and to get a skill. Because when you go to college, you get a skill, especially through courses that have something to do with your career. And I think that's like one of the coolest things that an autistic person could go through. And believe it or not, I actually figured out how to whistle. I'm not going to tell you how, but I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I'm dead serious. I can whistle. I can go. 
I'm not sure how many autistic people can do that, but I know people yeah, without that, it. That, that was pretty good right there, but... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I, I can't whistle myself, so... It, it's fine. I mean, it takes practice anyway, because as for myself, I had found ways to be not just a normal human being, but to be a mature adult as well, maybe with a little bit of autism tendencies, but I found ways to control myself, even when I'm down or when I'm angry or anxious, which controlling my anxiety has not been that easy. Well, it wasn't until now, or when I'm sad, or scared, or disgusted, or surprised, or even contempt. And I think the real reason that I went through this optimal outcome in the first place right before I turned 18 is that I actually got diagnosed at an early age. Because here's the thing, and this is the fact that I learned. When you get diagnosed at an early age, there is a very high chance that you would most likely grow out of something that you've been struggling with your whole life, like mentally, unless if it's impossible, but that is entirely different. But yeah, so like that's basically common for people with high-functioning autism or people with Asperger's syndrome, and I think that's like one of the coolest things ever. Although people still treat me that I still kind of am. I mean, yeah, sure, some people still treat me like I have special needs, and some people still treat me like a child, like my mom kind of does a little bit, especially when we went to Winterfest. And we actually rode on the 12 Days of Christmas train, and she was pointing me out all the things from the 12 Days of Christmas song, even though she did not really need to do that to me because I'm not a little kid. I mean, sure, she could do that to herself. But I mean, yeah, she was having fun, but still, it's kind of weird, you know? Like, that's one example and, like, sometimes my mom would just kind of grab my arm saying, like, hey, come on. Hey, come on, bro. Just get out of the way. You know, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> but I don't know. Or the fact that my brother and my dad would be concerned about me taking high-stress challenges or going to places that are risky in general. But in reality, I'd rather not be sheltered and learn how to defend myself over anything. And, hell, that's why I took a martial arts class and even a Tai Chi class. Remember that Tai Chi class that we did, Isaac? Uh, yeah, the one with the semester yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. So yeah, uh, basically regarding the optimal outcome, it is very interesting. And regarding the fact that I had just mentioned like now, I actually looked it up and it is from one of the articles that I read recently. And it actually does say so where uh, if you get diagnosed at an early age, there's a high chance they would most likely grow out of the spectrum, even though you're still autistic, but you learn how to control yourself in general and learn how to be a better person. So yeah, uh, that's basically my story. I don't have a lot to tell, honestly. So to close half of this, I am actually happy with who I am today. So all I can say is here I am. All right. So Isaac, now I'm going to do you basically. And I have like questions I have for you. So uh, let me get these out. Yeah. So, uh, so Isaac, what we're talking about in this episode is this phase that people with high-functioning autism and Asperger's syndrome go through in either teenhood or adulthood, or just both, called the optimal outcome. And I have a few questions for you regarding your story, because honestly, we would love to hear your story. As a matter of fact, I actually have questions for you. So number one is this. When it comes to being autistic, what did you used to do? Like, uh, did you have the same struggles that I went through? Or did you have a lot of ticks that I used to do? Because I remember you doing one of those. Like, can you tell me more about it? Uh, which one do you remember in particular? Like showing all, showing a lot of normal ticks that a lot of autistic people do. Like, I remember you uh, having this fidget where you that you would uh, play with. Okay, so habits I used to have that were a serious problem, I guess you could say, back in the day. Like, one of the main issues I had was like eye contact for sure 
like whenever I'm talking to different people, I still kind of have this issue today, but uh, it's gone away a lot ever since I was like a little kid. Where whenever I have a talk, have, have a whenever I have a time to have a direct conversation with somebody, I would never look in straight in their eyes. I would always look to the side of the person talking because I don't know. There's something about the looking into someone else's eyes that I just I had such trouble with growing up. And I don't know why, but I still have this trouble a little bit whenever I have a conversation with somebody now, even today. And thankfully, it's died down a lot where I can look at the person more confidently, much more than I have ever before. And for another issue, of course, like you mentioned before with the fidget, I, I, when I used to, when I was younger, I, you know, like how fidget spinners used to be like such a big thing, like six uh, yes. or seven years ago. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that is basically cool. And you know, I was like, what was that? I was just saying, like, the fidget spinners were really big back in the day or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's basically kind of like what I was having, but, like, a special different thing, like, that I would carry around with me just to sell my hands when I was in school and stuff, just to make sure I, I could control the motion of my hands sometimes or I would get a little, little too spatic or something. I mean, that, that's not as a serious of a problem as it used to be when I was younger, but I just what I've really grown to control a lot more now, especially more than ever, because uh, it's just something, I would just say it's something you definitely can grow out of for sure, with those two yeah. things especially. But yeah. yeah, I think when I was, I think I was about 14 or so years old, if I remember right, when I fully realized exactly what I had with Asperger's. It, I, I probably should have realized sooner, but I guess that was me, me being too oblivious to the current situation. Like, and then I realized, oh, yeah, I, I'm probably autistic myself. And it's like, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. So that probably explains why I had all these different issues in school where I was, like, reacting to something in such a different way, like getting upset over small things, like going to a different room that I didn't want to have to go into for a school project or whatever. And, um, let's see here. Yeah, but I've had it basically ever since I was very young. My parents knew about it since they were, I was, like, about three years old or something like that. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been here in my life ever since, but it de- hasn't really affected me quite the same level as it used to, for sure. Like, uh, people have always been so supportive of me over the years about my condition. Like, of course, it's a decent rare condition, but there have been many different celebrities and people all across the country and the world who have had this condition, and there's been many examples of different things that people go in and out of, like, a very common one is restricted interests, like uh, something I also used to have for a little bit, where mm. you would only be interested in a few different things and not get too interested in something else that many people, other people like. Like, one of those restricted interests that I could have, for example, here in this podcast is, for a while there, I, and I still do very much, I used to be especially interested in baseball as the main sport where I really only watch. Although, now that it's changed, of course, because the Bengals being so good, <laughs> I have now decided to watch sports, football, and soccer. Of course, also with FCC being so good. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting looking back, like, seeing how little of things I actually seem to care about back in the day. Like, I would only do certain amount of things with my family and stuff. And it's, it's, it's weird looking back. It feels like almost a different person. Like, even like not even five years ago, like with the way I acted around people and how I would try to have conversations and how I would approach the idea of 
trying to hang out with people outside of work or school or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's basically how it is right here. Well, uh, yeah, and I couldn't agree more with what you said, Isaac, because I actually had a lack of eye contact as well, and that was actually my issue because eye contact used to scare me. And I do remember getting diagnosed also, like I just mentioned about that, like, you know, because also when I was three, I got diagnosed with autism and about that optimal outcome I just mentioned. I realized more about it as I got older, especially through this optimal outcome that I went through at age 17. I mean, I'm still going through because like there are some issues that I still kind of have today and I still think differently today, but it's not really that bad, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's also very good that people are very understanding at this current age with uh, social media and stuff with making sure that people know people with this condition don't feel left out at all in their public groups or whatever. Like, uh, thankfully, I have not been, like, uh, in, in serious trouble over somebody's relationship because I mentioned this to somebody, like, I didn't really friendships I have with anyone, which, which I'm more than they for in my life, for sure. Cool. Because, like, of course, not everybody always understands. It seems like with uh, Asperger's or autism in general, and they always, like, sometimes people will try to say, like, oh, you're just saying that, like, it's not really that big of a deal. It's like, but yet it really is a big deal. Because yeah. for my whole life, I've always thought about things in a different perspective. Like, I, it takes me a while to understand how to react to, to emotions in certain ways. Like, for a while, I, I had a hard time trying to express myself with emotion, for sure. And I still kind of do in some ways. Like, I can't... Uh, get sad quite as easily as some people do. Like, I, I, I don't know if I can show, like, a happy feeling as much as well. It's just many, many different things like that. Yeah. So for question number two, what is it like to live on the spectrum based on your lifestyle? Uh, what is it like to live on the spectrum? Uh, I would say, say it's definitely different than what probably most uh, people live their lives on, let's say, TV or in the movies. Like, it's definitely one that, uh, where you don't always get what you want with your personality, but you always try to just uh, suck it up and just move on from each day to the next. Like, don't try to look at it from a negative perspective. Just try to have fun with what you have, you know? It's, uh, being autistic, though, also has its advantages in different ways. Like, with me, I'm very, very smart within different, like, uh, mindsets of different things within this world like I, I know many different things about uh, baseball like I mentioned earlier I, I know a lot about movies like as being like kind of a movie book myself like I could basically name you the facts of many different movies like when it came out like who was in this movie like even like an actor and actress's birthday sometimes which can be pretty interesting to people I agree with that another unusual skill I would like to say is uh, definitely uh, being able to figure out uh, different days of the week for a previous day in time, and even sometimes in the future, where I can tell you the day of the week of, like, let's say, January 1st, 2023, which was, of course, a Sunday this year. But if I go back one year, it was a Saturday. And then two years back, it was Friday. And uh, I've had that ability for quite a while. I think going back to 11 years old when I first had that ability. You did that? And, um, yeah, but living in the spectrum, of course, my social skills were so much more, like tricked it and much worse, I guess I could say, compared to what it used to be. I mean, I've been to many different schools and stuff throughout the years. I used to go to uh, St. William for my first couple of years, and 
elementary school, and then I transferred over to a place called Summit County for a few years, mm-hmm. which I didn't really personally have a good time at all. If I really think about growing up, it just didn't feel like the right kind of atmosphere for me at the time. That's all really going to with that. I went back to St. Louis for a few years. Uh, that's where I basically the progress started to begin slightly, because even though I still had some rough time socially at that point, I still was able to grow as a person to figure out how to become adult more later in my life. And of course, for high school, I went to Skyward Academy. That's where I made the most progress, like extremely at that point. Like basically figuring out with the people that were just like me in different ways, whether on the autism spectrum with, with Asperger's or whatever like high-functioning condition there was, I was able to like communicate with these people and make serious friendships with them all and get through the four years without much, much chance at all and be very respectable and uh, confident throughout the whole way for sure. And of course, with me going to Cincinnati State, I've been a very responsible adult. I've been always on my classes on time. I've always been sure to turn all my assignments. Never wasting any time to make sure the assignments could be as to the best of my abilities for sure. And with my current job here as well, with the Hard Rock Casino down down to say, <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't know about that, yeah, I work currently as an AV technician, I available. I've been at that job for a few months now, and uh, it's a very good first job for sure. And I always love going there and uh, seeing what kind of challenges are going to be happening for a day. Some, some days are not always that busy, and uh, it's fine. Life shouldn't always be, like, fast-paced. Like, you always got to take a break every once in a while, for sure. Well, yeah, and I totally get that because, again, there are some things that I still struggle with, but not a lot as I used to because, dude, I'm on the same side as you because, honestly, when it comes to being high function, I don't have a lot of social issues like I did in the past, although my brother would still think I do, but generally I don't. So, And, of course, regarding my lifestyle, it's basically similar, but it's not like all crazy and such. And, you know, I used to go to Summit Academy as well, and I will tell you, it was kind of hell, honestly. So I did have some of those similar experiences. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. What years did you go? I went from 6th to 8th grade, from 2012 to 15. Okay, so right after I left. I left around 2011, I think. Cool. Yeah, it sounded like you were in uh, middle school. Or, I mean, elementary school, because I went there in middle school before going to Skyward. In 2015. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, because yeah. my parents were concerned about how I would deal with the sensory and how it would deal with like very high stress or negative situations. And, you know, as you mentioned baseball, you know, I remember going to that Reds game a couple years ago with the end, which that was fun. Oh, yeah, back when the Reds were in two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, honestly. Yeah. When they, when they still have fighting spirit now. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, kind of. <laughs> I mean, the Reds were cool. Uh, they're, they're all right. Now. Yeah, I, I know. They still are. I, I couldn't agree more, but yeah. Yeah. And Isaac, I do have other questions for you also. Uh, for question number three, you know, since we were talking about struggles also, uh, so I want to hear from you. And, this, and that is this. What struggles were you having with your autism, and how did you face them? Let's see, struggles. Uh, I think a major struggle that I'm thinking about now is more especially – with my current lifestyle, uh, with my my interest and in stuff with the video and audio and stuff and stuff like that, and also looking back at older pictures of different things, like I, I realized that I used to really hate taking pictures with different people. I guess I don't know why it was just a different thing that I was not used to. I just didn't like it, like the feeling of having to force 
different emotion that I wasn't quite feeling like at the moment. And uh, I feel so bad, like if I really did affect the picture. Because, so sometimes it did take pictures because I was just not in the mood to just smile for some odd reason when I was like mm. 10 years old or whatever. And another struggle I would say for sure was, um, I guess just like uh, not really talking to much people at all during the middle school years of school. So I guess you remember me always going out of my way to talk to different people in Skyward, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, back before that in my middle school years and say, well, I feel so bad about this now considering I'm, I'm still good friends with a lot of the people there at St. Louis School that I went with back then. I was just not a very good social person at all. Mm-hmm. Like, or I was just basically trying to not talk to people at all and just go through the school days one by one or whatever. Just trying to get through different assignments. Like, like my grades weren't always quite the best in starting out because I was just going back to school where I hadn't attended for three years and I hadn't quite remembered everybody there at that point. Once I eventually got more used to it, I still didn't really get to the social part of it, which I realized I was at a huge advantage of once I left. So I was like, oh, man, I should have been more active. I should have tried to make those connections while I could instead of just, like, waiting for the clock to go by. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you and got to make yourself out there. Yeah, yeah I get what you mean. Because that's why I've been telling myself, uh, you know, I regret doing this or that, and I still do regarding today and how I talk to myself about it. It's like, you know, talking to yourself is not really a bad thing. It's normal, like, when you talk to yourself, like, out loud, that's different, but, like, talking to yourself, like, in your head about it, or if you just talk to yourself about it, like, a little bit, saying, like, oh, I should have done this. I mean, yeah, I've been through those situations before. In fact, some people have actually been through that. And you also mentioned eye contact, do you? Uh, yeah, that was in the first question, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, from that. So, and what were you saying? Yeah, I'm trying to think of another example of a struggle I had, which probably good, was from the Asperger's. Yeah, because uh, then... Probably, probably, like, just to... I don't know why, but there was another thing I had when I was really young where I always felt like I needed to pause the videos I was watching online and stuff like that. Like, I guess this is when I was first starting to figure out how to use a computer, and I would go on certain websites, like... BrainPop was a very common example. I don't know if you remember BrainPop when you were younger. Yeah. BrainPop is like an educational website where you can watch different videos related to historical topics and stuff. Yeah, I remember I had a bad habit where I would always like keep pausing the video every five seconds or so, even while, when my brother and sister were watching it. I don't know why. It's just, I guess I wanted to take more time to really understand the thing that was being discussed at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why <laughs> that was an issue for me back then as well. Yeah, and I can totally see that because, you know, there were times where I went through a lot of uh, sensitivity, not with touching, like, appropriately in general, but, like, with the loud noises that I mentioned before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Actually, I don't know. Yeah, that's another, that's another good example right there. Um, this one still happens to be day where I'm still super sensitive to touch and different parts of the body mm. that, whether it's on the back or so, like... Even to say, whenever my parents like give me a bat on the back, it still feels weird. Like I guess the yeah. different the tingles within the body just I don't know. It makes yeah. a weird reaction sometimes. Like they play songs it best does. used to be like with all the other stuff, but yeah, yeah. maybe sometimes I'll still like make, it, make a jump whenever I feel something like on my back or my leg or whatever. You know, of course, and like patting someone on the back is something that's okay. But if people are sensitive to that. 
it's just different. And I used to think it's kind of a weird feeling to have, especially every once in a while. But nowadays it's like, well, yeah, whatever. And I remember some people like intentionally touching me and I want to kind of sweep my arm or leg off like this. You know what I mean? I know people do that, but I don't really care at the end of the day because sometimes people do that to get your attention. And that's why I learned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a good question though. Yeah, I really appreciate that one. Yeah. Of course. So I got two more questions for you. And uh, the fourth one I have is for you, and it's, it's basically for people that should be accepted. And speaking of accepted, how do you find ways to be accepted? Like, as a person with Asperger's, like I know you have Asperger's, or a person who has autism, like high-functioning, or at any lower level, where people need to understand who we are. I think uh, in order to be accepted, you just got to make sure to take the time out of your day to really understand those around you that don't have these different rare problems that most of us, like, like you and me, have. Like, just making sure to talk to them, like, explain the condition, like, explain the pros and cons. It'll be very beneficial to you in different ways, for sure. Just, like, also trying to, like, listen to different people's lives and stories about their different issues growing up as well. Like, that, that can always help you, for sure, growing up in, like, the world we live in right now, here in America. It's, uh, it's a very, thankfully, open country for different people with different issues, like disabilities all around, like whether it be physical or mental, like it's just definitely, I would say definitely take the time to just learn from the other people that don't have these issues, like see how they interact. Cause that's, that was the key for me. Once I really figured out around 14 or so, like, okay, this is what I have with Asperger's. Like, how can I learn from the people that are around me to act more like I didn't have this in the first place? And just treat me like a, a normal person like everyone else. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people treat me normally, although some people don't, unfortunately. And yeah, I totally get it because this is why that everybody deserves to be treated equally, not unequally. Because I remember when I was in grade school and even high school sometimes, like in some cases – for like, you know, in some classes, we were treated like we had minds of very little children. I mean, yeah, in elementary school, that's different. But like, I remember at Skyward, I was in classes, especially with those that were low in function. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you mean like those who didn't have the issues quite as seriously? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, like the teenagers acting like little children. I mean, not really acting intentionally, but like talking in general. But not all of them did that, basically. Yeah, like, it always varies from each person to the next, for sure. Like, it's so interesting. Like, this is such an interesting... Some people may call this a disease, what we have, but it's always varies in many different levels from person to person, which makes it so unique in its own way, even if it's if there's a lot of negatives to what we have, for sure. Of course, and exactly, I agree with that, yeah. because I remember being some classes where we were not treated equally by our teachers treating us like we had a little children, because I remember a couple of... Uh, female teachers that did that but the male teachers that we had didn't do it as much and i think that was a good thing because i knew that they were taking their jobs seriously i mean some females did as well i mean i mean i mean we had a lot of great people there in general and such i mean it was still good but i mean sure schools have their flaws in general but it's not really that bad when you go to high school unless you go to a public high school but that's totally different and i'm glad that i did not go to a public high school though i wish i kind of did at the same time yeah I would definitely say that in defense of a public high school, you could at least say that you have a lot more connections because, of course, the school we went to, it was such a small school, and I, I feel yes. so bad that there's only, like, one other person who graduated with me in my year, of course, one of my yeah. best friends, 
from the shower days of Alex Hess or whatever. I remember. But, uh, one of the pros, of course, with the public high school is that you basically get to know all the different trends. You also get to know all the different personalities that you will probably get to deal with facing your adult life just a few years down the road. And you just get a lot more connections for sure. Like I, That's one thing I realized even going to college. Like, oh, hey, wait, wait a minute. I don't really have that many connections. Because, I, of course, I wasn't the best socially in middle school at all. So those connections are kind of easy in some ways as well. But, yeah, definitely the pros of public schools, like, definitely want, like, the vast amount of people you can talk to. But the cons are just, like, you, you never know, like, what kind of, like, atmosphere you're going to get to, whether it be, like, a happy atmosphere or, like, sometimes too dramatic filled with, like, all the different, like, problems and issues that you can't quite control and stuff. Exactly, because when you're a teen, you're like, oh, you know, I just wish I could have, you know, done this or that, or I wish I could have done something that most high schools have done. Although there have been some stuff that most high schools have done, and most of them don't. I mean, not with, like, the difference specifically, but, like, with Skyward not having as, like, as much as most high schools do, whether they're public or private. But, yeah, I mean, I can totally see what you mean, honestly, because, like... Yeah. And I've, and I've kind of experienced that, too, with going to, like, a slightly bigger school with the same state. Like, just yeah. having classes, like, up to 20 people sometimes, like, maybe even 30, depending on what it was. Uh, were you just whistling or something? Yeah, I was, you know, I was just reacting to our old selves, dealing yeah, with how many people that we would be in classes, you know, jibber-jabbering, you know. <laughs> but the average amount of people would usually be about 10 to 15, though. But, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, like, a, a nice little upgrade, like, smoothly transitioning to be able to create more connections because of course by college you, you have your mindset of what you want to be we are officially done with school they're like what job you want so you want to build, build up those connections as much as you can the future even if it's just like a small one with two people that don't quite have the same major in school like i would go to school's classes with a bunch of different people like let's say graphic design avp audio video production and or like uh, web design or something that's another common one yeah, and uh, you just always want to make those connections. And I also, thankfully, with this current group that I've been attending for the last few months, uh, Crossroads Church in uh, Oakley, that's basically given me a, a great chance to really showcase my learn and new social skills throughout all these different people that are roughly around the same age as me. It's basically like a, a mixed group of different people from ages twenty one to thirty five, mm. and uh, it's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds from the city. Like some people work who work in downtown, some who work in uh, Norwood or Oakley, like close to the area, and some on the west side just like me. It's, it's really cool. Like Everybody's just so welcome and accepting there, and it's definitely given me more of a chance like of interaction with people that I kind of wish I had more of when I was younger, for sure. Yeah, and that's very nice. You know, that's actually the same thing that I've had with the University of Cincinnati. I mean, I still do. Like, you know, by connecting with people that I meet, not just on social media, but like, you know, at clubs that they have. It's like, you know what I mean. And also, Isaac, I was going to say also that uh, that there's one thing that I did not get to do before we graduated high school. I don't know if you did this either, but uh, you see, my brother did this actually, but we didn't when we graduated high school. And uh, from what I know is that most seniors who graduate high school visit their old schools like locally and depending on the district, you would basically get to visit a school that you attended when you were in elementary school. And you get to meet new kids. 
give them high fives because that's what my brother did. But uh, he did not get to do those at the Winwood school that he went to because I actually went to one of them for for kindergarten. And my brother also went there when he was in preschool through uh, second grade. I remember when his experience was disappointing, but okay at the same time because, you know, he had to deal with the kids, especially with them giving him very aggressive high fives. <laughs> You know, but but he but he basically vis- visited a Blue Ash Elementary School, which was something that he did not attend. I did not attend there either. I don't know because like that was something that I did not get to do because I never thought about it in high school. Basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's very interesting. I know you do that for the elementary school. That seems like such a far place to go back to after all the years of growing up and stuff. Very true. So he's like, I don't have a lot of time here, but uh, I do have one more question for you. Because I don't know how much it means to me to be autistic, but uh, as for yourself, what does autism mean to you? What does autism mean to me? Yes. I don't really think of it as, like, a problem like some people do. Like, of course, there are parts of it where I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have fixed this, like, by not reacting that way at a certain point in time. But I think of it more as just, like, a special thing that you should take advantage of when you should in order to be able to get in the better graces around with other people. Because there are some nice advantages to it, for sure. Like, of course, with the mind stuff, for sure, like, you were able to sometimes, sometimes people with Asperger's or autism are very smart within certain interests that they have, of course, like I mentioned earlier. And um, another thing I would say what it means to be autistic, what does autism mean to me? Um, let's see, I think about this for a second. Yeah, like based on experience. It's it's basically like uh, many different organizations around this world that like try to help these people who weren't given all the same things and abilities that most other people are when, when they're born in this world. And you, you just want to make sure that they can live to have the best life they can and, and not like give them any more disadvantages than what they already are presented with, whether it be with speech or like physical movements or just like uh, not, not being able to say different things at the right moment. It just always varies and depends just based on how you talk to people. If there's not a lot, you can let me know if you don't have any, any at all. I, I mean, or if you don't have anything to say at all about it, or, or if you have a little bit to say. Uh, I mean, autism is just also a thing where it's, it's not really a curable disease at all, for sure. You shouldn't look at it like that. You should always just try to go through every day with what you have, for sure. And, like, try to work around everything you can with what, what you currently have. Like, of course, not everybody's the same who has it. Of course, some people do have ADHD as well, which is a little bit different in certain ways. But very similar condition. I mean, it's it's always varies from different person, every person, you know. You don't want to like make people feel bad for just because they don't have the same thinking as you. Like, let's let me just say that. Like, you basically think of it like a person with autism has a different opinion or a different viewpoint, and that that's totally fine. Like, you shouldn't like get mad at this person just because of how they thought about something for a split second. Because the world's always going to move. Like, things may always change, and you, you might not always be ready for it in that particular moment. Yeah I, yeah, I totally see what you mean about that. And yeah, I couldn't agree more because autism is not a disease. It never was and it never will be. 
And people say it's a disability. Well, in reality, it's not. It's actually a different ability because it's part of the neurological disorder. And I couldn't agree more. And let's just be happy with the way we are. In some ways, you can think about it like as a, a cool superpower because, like, you're able to like think about different things from many different perspectives. Like by just not being restricted to just like the, the main perspective that most people are just seem to already believe and think about in their own way. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Also, you, you remember that post I I shared on Facebook last week about the someone said they saw this. The syllabus. Oh, no, no, I haven't seen that. Like, remember when I, it was basically a post I shared that was originally shared from my grandma about, like, talking about the difference between a regular child and a child that has, like, autism or ADHD or whatever. I think I saw that, maybe. If you don't mind, I wouldn't mind, like, repeating it word for word just to end this off, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't I don't mind, but, ju- but just don't make it too long. Um, yeah. How many more minutes do you have? I'm just sure. I have a couple more minutes. Okay, I'll, I'll just read these first couple paragraphs. Then, okay. If that's okay. Sure. Go right ahead. Yeah, so this has been the words from something my grandmother, like, recently copied pasted from Facebook. It's like, when you have a regular child, you feel responsibly confident that class participation and decency habits will result in the grades. They have close friends and are invited to participate in social things such as dances and weekend gatherings, they form teams, auditions, organizations, and clubs. But when you have children, new ecological differences. This is often not the case. Learning can take longer, both academically and socially. Despite their tremendous efforts, results can often, are often a fraction of their peers and social acceptance is fleeting, setting them up for painful comparisons and bitter frustration. Instead of a fun and rewarding experience, school can become a breeding ground for depression and anxiety, and assign a battlefield at home. It's exhausting for both parents and kids, to all the children struggling every day to succeed in a world that doesn't recognize their gifts and talents, and for those who are walking alongside them, please let this be a loving reminder to be kind and accepting of all people. And right before that, it said the Monday starts the special week of special education, autism, Asperger, dyslexia, just putting it out there. And um, children who learn differently are not weird. They are simply talented in ways our society doesn't appreciate enough. Yet they want what everyone else wants to be accepted. That's basically what I say. Well, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, thank you so much for giving us that statement, Isaac. That's really important. I, I thought it'd be good to re- reiterate that here in this episode for sure. Let's see what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I think that was pretty good, honestly. But yeah. Well, Isaac, I hate to say this, but uh, I got to wrap things up here, especially in this series. But uh, I do want to thank you so much for your time here on this episode. I really appreciate it. What do you say if you would like to be in my podcast again sometime if I make another one? Yeah, I think it would be very interesting if we can talk about uh, something related to this topic again, or just whatever. Like, uh, I'm down for like talking about like audio or visuals, whatever. Just like movies or TV shows, like just whatever kind of interest. Or baseball, if you are interested enough to talk about that as well, I would like to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. But again, Isaac, I want to thank you for your time here. Uh, thanks for being my episode. I really appreciate it. I mean, hopefully we'll talk again, honestly. But yeah. Well, Isaac, I would like to thank you once again. Thank you for your time here, and uh, I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I'm very happy that we got to do this today, and uh, I hope for the best in our futures, and maybe we can meet up again sometime later. Yeah, we should. All right, Isaac. Thank you. Take care. Bye.
And thank you all for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoy the series. If you would like to refresh what you've learned throughout the podcast, feel free to do so. The podcast is available to listen on SoundCloud and Spotify. And who knows, I might make another podcast down the road. But for now, this is all I have in the series. Again, thank you for listening to the ASD experience. And if you have a child or friend who is autistic, even at a high-functioning level, just give them time and accept the way they are. Because remember, they're humans. This is your host, Byron Hazlett, signing off. We'll see you elsewhere. Peace. Thank you for listening to the ASD Experience Podcast. That is all I have in this series, unfortunately. But if you'd like, you can listen to my podcast anytime you want. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed my series throughout its run. Thanks again, and goodbye.